The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun conversation about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy. With questions asked by a guy. And now, here is your host. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. On this episode, we will learn something totally new to me. It's a world of cucks, bulls, and a part of the scene that gives the gift of trust and love to women unlike any other lifestyle. From the moment Venus learned about cuckolding relationships six years ago, she knew it fit exactly who she was and she dove right in. She wanted to reach out to other women who might not be aware of this kind of relationship existing. So in 2015, she began writing about her stories and experiences of dating, cuckolding, becoming a queen of spades, and more on venuscuckoldress.com. In early 2020, she branched out to launch the Venus Cuckoldress podcast. And thanks to her infectious enthusiasm and genuine nature, it's shot to the top of the podcast charts. Venus has also been a guest on Dan Savage's The Savage Lovecast, amongst many others, and she absolutely loves having the opportunity to lend her voice to show people the real, loving, and beautiful complexities of a cuckolding relationship dynamic. Today, Venus enjoys working full-time on the podcast and is focusing on building a community for women in this lifestyle. In the universe of cuckolding, Venus is the queen, and we meet royalty on this edition of the show. It's the first five. So we start with the first five. As always, five questions about firsts. And I'm going to ask you first... The first time you ever knew you were a little bit different. <laughs> um, I think that what kind of triggered me down this road, which is a little bit outside of the box and different, um, was when I first started reading Dan Savage's uh, column, Savage Love. And it just kind of flipped a switch in me of curiosity that I was like, wow. Okay. So I, I used to read it with a group of girlfriends every Thursday when the newspaper came out, we would all sit down at lunch and we would, we would read it together and everybody was kind of like, you know, entertained by it and whatever. But as soon as I read it, it, it wasn't just being entertained. Like I was genuinely curious. I couldn't, I was like, wow, there's so much more out there that I had any idea about. So it was like this eye-opening experience for me. And that's kind of where my life kind of turned. And it was a little bit slow at first, just, you know, learning about non-monogamy and stuff like that. But that's kind of where my journey began. And I think I was about 29 at that time. First time you ever saw a kink scene and your reaction to it? Uh, <laughs> I would say <laughs> this is about maybe six years ago. I watched a video. I think, oh, someone had mentioned prostate milking to me. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So I decided to search up a video <laughs> and it was a great video, but it was memorable because <laughs> the guy was in chastity and I had never seen chastity, a chastity cage before. I had never known about such a thing. And I was looking at going like, what is that? <laughs> that was my reaction. Like, I, I have no idea what that is. And what is that supposed to do? And I don't really understand any of this. <laughs> I watched the whole video and everything. It didn't scare me off, but I was just like eyes wide open. Like, what is this 
apparatus. Like, what is this thing? <laughs> First time you ever received a message from a guy wanting to connect with you that surprised you? Um, that surprised me. Uh, okay, honestly, this is what first comes to mind. So this was about five years ago on FetLife. <clears throat> Somebody messaged me and asked me to be a guest on their podcast. Um, and I was so caught off guard by that. <laughs> I, I was like, what do you mean? I, I'm so new to this whole cuckolding thing. Like, you want me to talk on your podcast about this? I'm like, I'm so new. There's no way I'm an expert or anything even close. Like, I don't even know what I would talk about. And so I politely declined at that time. I ended up a year later, they messaged me again and I, I, I did accept it, but I was just so surprised by it. I thought there's no way I could talk about this sort of stuff. I felt like such a newbie, <laughs> but it was flattering. First time you turned on the mic for your own podcast and how nervous were you? Oh my God. I thought I was going to die. It was so awful. I can't even listen to that episode. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> I like what I had to say, but the way I said it was like, oh, I was talking a mile a minute. <laughs> I had to press pause like 50 times. <laughs> it was so bad. It was really bad. <laughs> and the question we ask nearly every person on the podcast. First time you ever received an unsolicited dick pic and your reaction to it. Oh, God. I don't even remember the very first time. But I will say, in general, um, I, I wouldn't say I mind so much, but I wouldn't ever encourage it. So if a guy asks me, then I have like huge respect for him. He asked me first. Yeah, what do you think? Like, you want me to send you something? Or I'll just straight up saying it. Like, I want to see a dick pic. Like, send it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really, I mean, I, I, it's not like I'll be super offended by an unsolicited dick pic, but I will straight up say back something back to them. Like, you know what? I, I actually didn't ask for that. You should have asked me. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jesse Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. What is your fantasy? Do you have a secret? We all have sexual fantasies or secrets. That's what my show is all about. My name is Nikki, and I'm the host of In Bed with Nikki. In this show, it's all about sex and the fantasies that people have. Reading from my emails directly and anonymously sent to me, together we will explore the experiences of everyday people, just like yourself. Often, this is the very first time they've told anyone else about them. You can find In Bed with Nikki on Podchaser, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and anywhere else you find your other favorite podcasts. And remember, for every problem, there is a solution. And I happen to call it an orgasm. And until next time, enjoy. And hi, all the listeners out there. I actually have no idea what these questions are. So you're going to be coming along the ride right along with me. There's only one. Midori. March 9th on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. back with Venus, the host of the Venus Cuckoldress podcast. And I have to admit, I don't know a thing about cuckolding. I would have to probably look it up in the dictionary or the kink glossary. So for the total newbie and total naive catsuit, explain what cuckolding is for me. 
Sure. <laughs> yeah, there was a time that I had no idea what it was either. And when the when the I, the guy that I was dating was trying to explain it to me, I was just like, "Wow, that sounds fucking amazing." Um, but <laughs> it's basically where it's a one sided open relationship where she gets to fuck other guys and he doesn't, but he enjoys it that way, and they both enjoy it that way. So that's what cuckolding is in a general sense or term within cuckolding there's lots of variation of of what goes on between the couple and it's quite unique to each person so i've never met a couple a cuckolding couple that were exactly the same everybody is unique does jealousy power cuckolding or does jealousy fuel cuckolding i would say cuck angst is what is unique to cuckolding so it's not necessarily jealousy i mean that's a little bit it's part of the emotion the soup of emotions that mix of emotions that's going on in a cuck's brain when he sees the person who he loves with somebody else or hears about it or knows about it or is teased about it or whatever i think that that whole cuck angst is what makes a cuckolding relationship so unique and beautiful because without that it's just kind of like voyeurism or something i don't even know there's there that's what makes a cuckolding relationship so incredible is when you have that kind of two-way emotional street that's happening between the woman who is having sex with somebody else and enjoying it and the and her husband or boyfriend who is having that like anxious loving adoring nervous jealous kind of feeling that that is what drives cuckolding does it create better love making and sex for the people afterwards yeah <laughs> as i totally. said i'm learning about this yeah it, it is hot as fuck and I have never been like when I first started learning about cuckolding and, and my first experience, like, I don't think I have ever e even come close to being that turned on in my life. Hmm. Like it was next level hot. <laughs> and it's like that for days. And then each time you talk about it and then you look at the pictures or the videos, it's just like, oh my God, it's everlasting sexiness. When people contact each other, to talk about cuckolding or talk about connection of any kind because there is a committed relationship involved is there a specific way that's the right way and or the wrong way to communicate with somebody asking for a potential cuckolding relationship oh i'm glad you asked that <laughs> Yeah, I think that um, there's a, a whole lot of people who only know about cuckolding based on porn or whatever online kind of stuff they've, that they've come across, um, which isn't quite realistic of the relationship part. And so I would hope that anyone who is curious about um, pursuing a cuckold relationship or even just in learning more about it and that you approach it from that side, from an actual relationship point of view, instead of it just being about a sexual act or um, what your idea of cuckolding sexual fantasies are, um, is to focus on the actual relationship because that's where all the magic happens. That's where all the uh, incredible um, fantasies are fulfilled is within a loving, committed, and um, long-term kind of serious relationship. When can we try to figure out a time when sex is not the driving force of every communication, that it's <laughs> actually about everything around it as well, the relationship, the feeling, the connection? And maybe in doing this podcast, I get to the point where it's like, come on, guys, sex is maybe two, three, four, if you're lucky, five hours out of a day. <laughs> You've got another 19 to 23 hours that you have to, in, not have to enjoy, but have the ability to enjoy with a person. When do you think we're going to get, or are we ever going to get to a point where it's about connection rather than 
insert tab A into slot B? I honestly feel like uh, the key to that happening, at least within cuckolding relationships, mm -hmm. um, it, the key to that happening lies within women connecting with other women and women speaking about it from a woman's point of view. And um, when we do that, we can really um, reach out to other women and connect with them in a way that maybe they will try to understand that this is a viable relationship option, that this isn't all about kinky wild shit that you're, you know, doing like gang bangs on your wedding night and stuff like that, that it's not all about that, that it is more about the relationship, the connection, the love, the intense trust that you have between each other and how this is never boring. Like it is never boring. It's going to take you places you never thought you'd be and enjoy the ride. Um, but the key to that happening is women reaching out to, and connecting with other women. I really do believe that. I'm guessing this is kind of a duh question, but I'm going to ask a duh question. <laughs> I take it that there are men that will have relationships with other women within cuckolding as well, or is that true? No. <laughs> okay. Because so I, I, I was wondering if all those same juices or or feelings of angst or whatever would happen if a woman were to watch a man make love to another woman and go, I really want, I'm, I'm seeing this and it's getting me hot and I want him even more. And do you see where I'm going yes. here? Yeah, actually, there's a term for that. It's called cuck queen. And okay. I really don't know a lot about it. All I all I know is that it does exist. So there is the opposite of a cuckold and it's called a cuck queen. It's where she feels that cuckold angst mm -hmm. or cuck queen angst, I should say, when he's with someone else. Um, I think I've heard of one person who is into this, but it's not very common, but I'm sure mm -hmm. it exists out there. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> I have actually seen a reflective desire video they are the absolute, I think, most amazing rubber uh, content producers in the world. And there was a cuckolding scene with three women. And one woman was basically bound and having to watch this. <laughs> while, while they would look back and go, it was almost, I'm not going to say a nanny nanny boo boo type thing, but a very hot yes, you want to be in the middle of this, don't you? And no, you can't be in the middle of this. And we're denying every bit of it, but it's driving you nuts. <laughs> and that is where I was going, yeah, I could see <laughs> actually create some tension here. Yeah, especially within the context of a loving relationship that the added emotion that goes along with that. Um, yeah, that sounds like a cut queen scene, really. <laughs> So I'm guessing there are times when it can go wrong, that the angst becomes too much. Is communication the key to make sure that doesn't happen? Absolutely. Um, and there, it takes a level of strength for a cuckold to be able to process those emotions in a healthy way in a positive way and have it not affect your, your relationship negatively. So I think that for a lot of guys, they're just not, you know, programmed in their mind to, to think like a cuck or to, you know, react like a cuck, like to get turned on by these things. A lot of guys are just like, hell no. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's fine. <laughs> they're just like, no, there's no way. Like that would be too negative of an experience. I don't think I could handle that. That I, I don't want to. Um, but for a cuckold, that is it, it, it because it's so uncomfortable yet such a turn on it's it's very mm -hmm. you know two different and it's very different kind of emotions that are involved it's hard to juggle all of that it's hard to process that especially at different stages whether before or during or after and so it's easy to falter it's easy for something to go wrong and it and um 
it's very, very important that, especially within a new relationship or those first uh, new experiences that a couple will have, it's very important for him to just stay solid. Like just be that rock for her. Even if you feel like faltering a little bit, just, just don't, don't do it. <laughs> and then you guys can talk about it afterwards. And because um, it's important for her to feel confident in that moment. It's important for her to feel like she's got you by her side and that you support her for this. And if you falter, then shit's just, it's like a domino effect. It's just stuff is, everything's going to go wrong and she's not going to want to do it again. <laughs> it seems to me that when it goes right, it is probably one of the biggest gifts a man can give to a woman in saying, I have enough trust and enough connection with you that I can allow your pleasure to be taken care of by another because it makes you happy. It is a gift. It's a gift on both sides, actually. Cuckolding is a gift where he gives her the gift of sexual non-monogamy or sex, sexual exploration, all of these experiences. That's a gift he's giving to her. And, and she is likely overwhelmed with gratitude <laughs> because she gets to have all of these experiences. And in return, she gives him the gift of being involved in some way, whether it be him watching or listening on the phone or hearing about it afterwards or getting pictures at work, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. all of those types of things. Like she wants to involve him in some way because this is about them. It's not necessarily about who she's fucking or mm -hmm. what she's doing while she's fucking him. It's about them as a couple. Does there ever happen the miscommunication of, well, if you can do that with him, then I should have permission to go do this over here? Surprisingly, no. Hmm. I have not come across that. The only time I've come across that is where I'm explaining to guys, um, let's say on a dating site, a vanilla kind of dating site, I'm explaining to them like what this is all about. Then I get the whole oftentimes I get the whole, well, you know, this doesn't sound fair. <laughs> if you get to do this, then I should be able to do that. And they just don't understand what exactly is, is all involved in it. And it's not unfair. In fact, there's a lot going on for both of them. <laughs> so that's the only time I've actually come across that. My very first cuck boyfriend, when he brought this up, this whole one-sided monogamy thing, I said to him, like, this doesn't sound very fair. <laughs> <laughs> You mean you don't get to do anything with anybody else? And he said, I don't want to. I really don't want to. And and every cock that I've come across has said the same thing. This is a deep down inside gut instinct that they just do not. This They don't want this for them. They just want it for you. And they're getting so much out of it. It's such a turn on for them. Have you ever had or have you heard of kink and cuck that's actually sounds kind of funny. Kink and cuck. I'll have that with the surf and turf. Uh, where kink and cuck come together to where a almost in a female led relationship where she basically binds the husband or the boyfriend in a way that he's forced to watch what's going on realizing <laughs> that he can't do anything about it sure <laughs> the, <laughs> the scenarios are pretty much endless <laughs> you can get creative and do all of that and i think mm -hmm. that um, this kind of like surprise cuckolding scenarios or quote unquote forced um, are all fun to play around with. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, consent is there and and it's something that they both want. But yeah, the, the possibilities are endless and, and people do practice all sorts of things within cuckolding. Mm -hmm. It's a wide spectrum. What has been your favorite story of somebody who has discovered cuckolding and was totally blown away by the fact that they never thought it would work for them? Um, 
when I hear from women who are just new to this and, and learning about it, and then for a long time, I had, I didn't hear from any women about this. It wasn't until I started to connect with um, other people in the lifestyle online, which now there's a nice little community online. Um, and then I started to, you know, hear from other women still, it started just a trickle. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then now that I'm sort of like putting it out there, like, okay, I would love to talk to you. <laughs> now I get to hear these stories. And it's so wonderful because there are so many women who are not sure about it. There are so many who are just, you know, knee-jerk reaction, like, oh God, no, I could never do it. Um, and there's, there's, I hear so many stories about that, about women, wives or girlfriends who are just rejecting it or um, are doing it, but resent it or whatever. And so when I do hear stories from women who dive in head first, like I did, I'm just like, yay, <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> so I feel like, you know what, if more women did learn about this as an option for a relationship, those women who would love it in the way that I did, um, will get everything they wanted and needed from this kind of relationship once they find out about it. I'm sure it's not just a community, but there's also support, whereas people are maybe teetering on whether or not they could be comfortable with this and are able to hear the stories of what other people get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think online there's, I think probably 90% or more um, is just men online seeking out information or resources or just content when it comes to cuckolding this it's very male driven in that way for some reason but the women are just they're just not there they're not out there they're not seeking this <laughs> online mm -hmm. anyway <laughs> and so the most common way for women to find out about this is their partner brings it up um and so with my podcast i've been like so grateful that it has helped me to reach women in a different kind of way, not from their partner, but from a, from a, a woman. And so um, I feel like with that, hopefully it will continue. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hopefully it'll build a bigger community of women to be able to support, support and connect each other like that. That's my goal. Do cucks support cucks? Meaning do guys talk to other guys about their experiences and what they're feeling and almost act as a support group amongst themselves because they're the ones that are basically allowing the gift to, to go on. Yes. Um, you know, for a long time, every cuck I ever talked to uh, was, they all said the same thing, They that I am the first person they've ever actually been able to talk to about this. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty shitty. Like you have nobody to talk to. And I get it that I think women are more likely to, to, divulge sexual stuff to their girlfriends mm -hmm. and guys just are not most guys anyway and so they have had no friends to be able to talk to about this and maybe perhaps a, a former girlfriend or something like that that they brought it up with and that's the extent of that and so i've been encouraging guys like please just support each other reach out to each other, talk about this. It's not weird. It's not strange. You're all going through the same things. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> they all say the same things to me. I'm like, you understand you're all feeling the same ways and it's struggling through the same things. And so I found within the last year, um, there have been more and more blogs happening online uh, from guys. And I'm so happy to see that because it's not just a bunch of pornography that's being put out there. Um, it's not a Tumblr, you know, porn pictures everywhere kind of thing, but real stories and real um, feelings and, and struggles and everything like that, that they're going through that now other guys are able to read and, and they're able to connect and say, oh my God, I'm feeling the exact same way. Or that shit happened to me too. Like, and so the more that happens, the better. <laughs> For guys, is it more important to be confident or more important to be in touch with their emotions? Definitely more important for them to be in touch with their emotions. Absolutely. I think confidence only goes so far when it comes to this. <laughs> this is all about emotions. It's all about love. It's all about trust. It's all about cuck angst. It's all about next level kind of feelings. And it's 
hard to be able to process that unless they are being honest and upfront with themselves and their partners, they're going to run into problems. For women, is it more important to be confident or more important to be in touch with emotions? I think that it starts with emotions and then confidence just naturally builds. It does. It's amazing how that happens. Um, and I didn't like, I didn't believe it until I actually, I went through it where, you know, I, I, when I first started, it was all about the emotions. It was all about the, the love, the connection, all of that sort of stuff. That's what really hooked me. And I got that it was one-sided and open, but the more I went along and I had this kind of confidence grow within me, and this happens with women in this kind of relationship that. I, I hope more women would understand that the sexual confidence that you gain is incredible. And then the confidence that you gain in the relationship is amazing. Mm -hmm. Lots of guys will say that they're like, well, my, my wife, she has like a whole new aura happening. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she wants and she's not afraid to ask for it now. Whereas before maybe she would have been. I always laugh when I see the names of roles. And when I see the word bull, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Explain to me, other than a basketball player from Chicago or a college player from USF, what is a bull? Yeah, it's a weird term. I agree. There needs to be something else. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say it, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just don't really love that, that word. Um, there's got to be something better. But anyway, I, I try not to get too hung up on the on the lingo uh, of cuckolding. But a bull is the guy who she the wife or girlfriend decides that she wants to fuck. So she could have one, she could have many, she could have, you know, one night stand, she could have several on the go on the regular, like that's, that's the term bull. And a bull is, tr I think, traditionally, um, commonly thought of as a guy who has like a really high level of sexual stamina, who is kind of like this big, strong guy who fucks like really hard and, you know, is very assertive and um, sometimes dominant and take control kind of guy. So that's like the stereotype of a bull. You brought up a very interesting phrase a moment ago, and I don't think you even realized that you brought it up in that way. But you said, the woman wants to fuck the guy. <laughs> yeah. And I have always thought of, and maybe this is my naive little, uh, as we jokingly called it at uh, Winter Wickedness and Cope, my sweet and innocent badge talking. To me, the term fuck has always, in my mind, been the act of a man performing an action on a woman. But the way you put it, it's as though the woman is doing the work and is making sure that she's the one that is being the, not aggressor, but the pursuer of the action. Am I right in that? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's kind of true in that within cuck a cuckolding kind of relationship, it's about it's about her sexual needs. It's about his too, but in a mm -hmm. different way. Um, and so the whole her finding a bull or the couple finding a bull together, this process is where she gets to be picky. She gets to be like, okay, I want this. And he's got to be like this or like that or whatever, or he needs to, you know, fuck my mind before my body or whatever. Right. She's got her list and she's the one who ultimately decides. And that's the wonderful thing about cuckolding mm -hmm. <laughs> is that it's usually not that way. <laughs> I don't think anyway. Um, and so it's all about her and she gets to decide and she, and it, and exactly like however she likes to have sex is how she's going to do it. And it's not to say that a bull won't kind of, you know, push her on that or, you know, test her out in a different way, push her boundaries or whatever. But um, ultimately it's up to her. If she's not having fun, there's going to be no second date. Like that's it. Mm. <laughs> I'm wondering out loud if 
negotiations in cuckolding are like negotiations in BDSM, where there is or there are agreements that happen going into the scene. Is it as intricate as a kink negotiation or is it something that happens more naturally? I wouldn't say I know a lot about BDSM. Um, I'm very, very newbie when it comes to that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. <laughs> Cuckolding has been my world right. and it's, it's, it's where I've kind of spent my time and where I'm comfortable and I kind of figured it all out within there. Um, but BDSM, I'm not entirely sure. I will say though, that before I got into cuckolding, before I found out about it, I was exploring, like I said, exploring non-monogamy and exploring that within um, the swingers kind of lifestyle mm -hmm. as a single woman. So I was having all sorts of experiences, sexual experiences and stuff as a single woman with a bunch of couples. And in doing that, I was able to witness that kind of the ongoing kind of negotiations within a swinger couple. So there would always be this like, um, meeting in the middle kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. I'm doing this, therefore I need this from you and I'm not getting enough here. So I need a little more there and let's tweak these rules a little bit. And there's a lot of rules, limits and boundaries, which I'm not sure I'm assuming are, is the same with a BDSM mm -hmm. kind of relationship. And so I witnessed that and it sounds awful, but I just didn't want any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. I was so used to being a single woman in that lifestyle, doing whatever I wanted and whatever made me happy and safe and feel comfortable. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. And so when an experience came along or an opportunity for an experience, I would be the one who made the decision to go for it or, or not. And mm -hmm. I didn't have to consult with somebody first. And so when I thought about like a long-term relationship, I thought, well, shit, I don't think I belong in the swinger world because I don't think mm. I want to do that kind of negotiating at the table. Mm -hmm. So like that. So I was kind of depressed, actually. I was like, I'm not going to find anybody who's going to be okay with me just doing whatever I want. And then when I found this guy who told me about cuckolding, I'm like, oh shit, this sounds exactly like what I need. <laughs> And I thought, oh my God, there's guys out there who love this. And so with it for me, within a cuckolding relationship, um, there wasn't that kind of negotiating. There mm -hmm. really wasn't. It was what made me happy was my slutty ways of sleeping with lots of guys. And he loved me for it. In fact, celebrated that side of me. So the more I did it, the more he loved it, the more happy mm. he was, the more he loved me. So uh, for me, it was like, wow, I really can do whatever I want and have someone be okay with it and love it and celebrate that. One of the reasons I asked about is there a pre-negotiation and such is you have to understand I'm an improviser from way on back and I think of things in comedic roles from time to time. And I would think that the most awkward moment would come after the, I hate calling it bull too, but after the bull and the woman have finished and the man is there, it's like, is it just time for him to go now or <laughs> uh, you're, you're done. Thank you. And I'm going to go back over here. It's uh, how does that work? Or is it different every time? Or is there a known quote role for the bull realizing that after this takes place now, the time belongs to the couple. Mm -hmm. And I think that the only kind of awkward scenarios that you'd encounter with that is a bull who is brand new at it and maybe it's their first time or first few times or whatever and is not quite sure okay like what do I do now mm -hmm. <laughs> um, for guys who who really love being a bull like this is part of who they are they love that it's not just about the sex it's about that whole kind of dynamic between the three of them mm -hmm. and so he's going to know exactly beforehand 
what's going to happen as far as like, you know, what they want, what the couple wants. And, and that's the, the sign of a really good bull is somebody who takes the time to figure out that beforehand. So mm -hmm. there's no kind of awkward scenarios that happen with that. Um, usually it's, it's talked about beforehand, like, okay, are you gonna, are you gonna just um, go ahead in the shower? And then my husband's just going to come and clean up or like, <laughs> mm -hmm. are you just gonna, you know, thank me and get on your way and head on out or whatever. It, it's something that is usually discussed. Do bulls and cucks go to bars and baseball games and hockey games? Uh, well, with you being up in Canada, I should say hockey, of course. <laughs> is most of the time, are they buddies or is it different each time? It's totally unique to the relationship. I wouldn't say most of the time, but definitely sometimes. Um, and it just depends on what, um, how much kind of friendship intimacy they, they want with their bull in their, in their relationship. Um, sometimes it's a lot and sometimes it's nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for, for women who want that kind of close bond with a bull where it is strictly friendship, but also a real great love and respect for each other, um, they're more likely to spend time outside of the bedroom with their bull or their husband is with him or the three of them or even, uh, or he'll come and spend time with the family. So that's not totally unheard of. It's just mm -hmm. not, I think, common across the board. Do guys find bulls for their female partners or do women recruit and find the bulls or is it a combination of both? And if so, which is more common? Uh, definitely the most common is it's a combination of both. So um, He'll maybe do the legwork, which is, you know, filtering through a whole bunch of guys trying to figure out who's real, who's legit, kind of verifying certain things about them or whatever, figuring out, oh, is this something that my my wife would really like? And then coming, you know, sh sh making a short list. Ultimately, mm -hmm. the decision is up to her. So it is both of them who decide, you know, what's going to happen. Um, sometimes it's entirely just her. She's just like, no, I'm going to, maybe she met somebody um, <laughs> at work or something. I don't know, met somebody outside at the gym, whatever, where she's just like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> and he's got no say in it whatsoever. <laughs> and that's fine too. <laughs> is there a situation where there is a double cuck thing going on where it's two men and two women? I have not heard of that. Now, I would see that it, that would be more like swinging. I totally get that. But yeah. where there is this attraction for the women towards the other person's partner and everybody's good with it. I have not ever heard of that. So I don't, I'm going to go out there and say, I don't think that's common at all, it, but it's, you know, what? <laughs> who knows? I mean, again, I just... <laughs> I'm, I'm coming at this, not knowing a darn thing. And I, yeah. my curiosity is feeding this entire <laughs> conversation. I think that the most important thing with cuckolding relationships is that he's totally faithful to her and mm -hmm. she wants it that way as well okay. and so this idea that there would be another woman involved with with him I don't think it would happen mm -hmm. might happen here and there who knows but <laughs> and please don't send emails or or send me tweets going what what the hell are you trying to do here uh, Katsut it's it's I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it's all about. That's what it is. <laughs> I have no clue. Hi, I'm Dr. Allison Ass, trauma-informed sex and intimacy coach and educator and the founder of TurnOn.Love. And I teach a wide range of workshops and courses on topics including flirting and seduction, deepening emotional intimacy, expanding pleasure, exploring fantasies, repairing ruptures in relationships, navigating non-monogamy, and more. And I work with individuals and couples in a coaching dynamic to support them in getting out of their heads and into their bodies and navigating challenges like erectile dysfunction and anorgasmia to help men 
figure out how to express their desires in ways that feel authentic and not let opportunities pass by any longer, to help women explore what they want and really advocate for it in their relationships, and to support couples in getting the spark back and in exploring non-monogamy if you want to open up your relationship. To explore all this and more, you can check out my website at www.turnon.love. And don't forget to listen to my episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. It's in the archives wherever you listen to your podcast. Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. The Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works. Real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression. How to date as an existing couple, and if you should. Dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. This is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. So tell me, Venus, because the name of this show is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, what is it that you want for your future in cuckolding and being the woman? Do you want to find more men that desire you? Do you want to create a stronger bond with you and your partner through this? Or what is it, if I were to put it out there, what does Venus want? Such a good question. <laughs> so I, I had this kind of relationship. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. He got sick, passed away. And I took a lot of time off after that. And but because I loved the dynamic of this kind of relationship before, I want it again. And so um, ultimately, I would like to find that love again. Love is fucking hard enough to find as it is, but mm -hmm. add this on top of it. Like, I'm in no hurry. <laughs> It'll happen one day or might not, who knows. But <laughs> um, what, I, what I would really like is that to be able to find somebody. But aside from that, what I really, really want is to be able to share my love of this kind of relationship with other people, specifically with women. And if I can make it more um, palatable or appealing to women, then I'm happy with that. If they can learn the realities of how wonderful this kind of relationship is, then I'm happy for that. And my, obviously my sexual exploration, my, um, my, my drive for new experiences is, is pretty high. So <laughs> I continue to do all of the things that I want as far as that on the side. <laughs> and that mm -hmm. will never, that will never stop. Was it hard to fall in love when you did? No, <laughs> no, it's funny how that happens. Like you just, all of a sudden you just like love this person and it's almost like, you're like, huh, I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> mm -hmm. it did. And uh, like I said, within this kind of relationship, the love is pretty intense. Like it's pretty intense. Those experiences just bring you so close. That kind of emotional intimacy is something else. So um, it's, it's memorable. That's for sure. <laughs> So I'll ask the converse question. Is it hard to be single? Um, yes and no. Like for, for, I think for during COVID, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. During COVID, everything about this lifestyle sucks in COVID because I can't see anybody. So <laughs> it sucks. But um, as is it hard to be single within this lifestyle as a cuckold? Just hell yes. Unfortunately, um, when it comes to dating in this lifestyle, um, 
first of all, there's barely any women who want this from the get-go. It's usually women who, like I said, learn about it from their husband in an already established marriage. Um, it is very uncommon for women to want this, you know, from day one. And so dating in this, in this lifestyle sucks because there's a lot of guys who want this, the sexual fantasy of it. They want, like, it turns them on. But when it comes to like having it for real, Oh God, that's like so scary that it's enough for them to like turn around and run, like mm -hmm. run. <laughs> and so you have a lot of guys who don't take it seriously. And that really sucks because you can put in a lot of time and effort into getting to know someone only for them to ghost you. And it's super common within this lifestyle. It's brutal. I'm not sure who has the worst jealousy gene, if it's men or women. I know that I've experienced it from the female perspective where things just get out of hand, where somebody is so jealous that there's no reasoning. I'm sure the same thing happens with men. But is there one gender that is harder to convince than the other that this is a good thing? Yeah, <laughs> women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is ironic it's, because they're the ones that are, are enjoying the process of it. There's so much benefit for them within this kind of relationship. And yet they are the ones who are the most difficult to convince about this because um, unfortunately, in a woman's mind, a lot of women subscribe to the idea that if a guy is jealous, it, it means he loves you. <laughs> if you flirt with another guy and the guy who you love your husband or boyfriend doesn't get upset about it then something's wrong that they believe that they wholeheartedly believe that and guys will say the same thing like i you know how could you let your wife do that like how could you not be upset it means you don't love her how could you love her if you let her do that or whatever and so uh, for women this is really difficult for mm -hmm. them to figure out <laughs> For me, it wasn't, but for them, it is. It really is. For me, it's been hard to be jealous, not because I haven't been in a relationship in an awfully long time, but I remember the last relationship I was in, and uh, she asked me, you don't get jealous a lot. And I said, I figure that if somebody is flirting with you pretty heavily, that they have a desire to be with somebody who I know loves me. And it makes me feel better that they're actually wanting you. And at the end of the night, you walk home with me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that is a really strange men's feeling or not, but to me, that kind of trust and passion and love for another person can be a huge factor in being able to have a relationship that isn't going to have as many bumps. Absolutely. And I think within cuckolding relationships, there's all of that angst that's happening on the cuck side. But then to balance that out is him knowing that at the end of the night, she's coming home to him. Mm -hmm. That at the end of the night, they are going to have this hugely loving, emotional, intimacy kind of session together that they get to go back to their normal life together that this sexual experience is just that a sexual experience and so that kind of balances things out for him and so um and that's a part of it that most guys can't see when they think about cuckolding relationships they're like oh god i, I don't think i could ever handle that like it's just so awful <laughs> mm -hmm. when really it's it's like the ultimate expression of love <laughs> like she after all of that, after being so sexually satisfied, she's going to come home to you. And that is wonderful. Has there ever been a time where there is a strong connection with the woman and the, God, I do hate that term, <laughs> the bull, where there becomes a little sense of love and it's hard to deal with? Yeah. Um, it, it definitely happens where feelings are caught and things get complicated and it's shitty because that's when, you know, marriages can fail. That's mm -hmm. where things can get really bad. And I think that um, 
what dif- what really differentiates that from happening and or or, or not happening is um, if the woman is doing this because she loves a, that whole cuckolding dynamic, that she's not going to want to live without that. Mm-hmm. So having this, you know, relationship, monogamous relationship with the bull instead of her husband is not going to be appealing no matter how much she loves him. She's mm-hmm. always going to feel like she's not fulfilled in some way. And so that's the really tricky part. If she doesn't have that, if she's not in love with the idea of, uh, you know, cuckolding her husband, then yeah, things can fall apart pretty easily, especially if she's spending too much time with him and outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but there are guys, there are cucks who seek that kind of relationship. Oddly enough, they seek a relationship where their wife is going to have a romantic relationship with a bull. And perhaps even they all live in the same house together. And mm. I, I've, it's so hard for me to understand this because that seems like you're playing with fire. This is dangerous. This is risky. Any shit could happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I've asked them about it, they said that it is that increased level of risk. That's just that much more sexy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Well, you're brave, you're brave. And that's the thing. People tend to think of that of cuckolds as being weak or, you know, less than of a man or a doormat or whatever. And that shit is not true. Like you have to be so strong to be able to be in this kind of relationship and not fall apart. Hmm. I have been arguing over the past few years that I have gone from the mindset of believing that there is a finite amount of love that you can have for people, meaning a monogamous relationship where your love is reserved for that person, vis-a-vis having an infinite amount of love where you can give a huge amount of love to a specific partner, but you still genuinely love so many other people And the amount of love that's taken and given to those people does not subtract from the amount of love you have with your partner. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that that is very much in the mindset of the cuckolding community. It really is. I mean, the idea that one person is going to satisfy you or give you everything you've ever needed, wanted that one person is able to do that is ridiculous. And so that's part of what cuckolding relationships are, is learning that, okay, I'm willing to admit (laughs) that I do, I would love some, something else on top of the love I have with you and admitting it. And then giving yourself or giving each other the permission to be able to be okay with that and, and take steps to, to making that happen. Um, but yeah, I think Dan Savage has always said that. And this is something that stuck <laughs> with me since like day one is that like, he's like, there's not this, one, this bullshit story that there, there being one person to give you a hundred percent of what you need is bullshit. <laughs> it's true. We just need to like challenge that idea and kind of think outside of the box and not feel any kind of shame or embarrassment because of it. I mean, a lot of people think that cackling relationships are something that needs to be kept so secret, like the world will end if anybody finds out. And it's like, no, you are in a loving, committed, wonderful relationship mm-hmm. that is amazing on all levels. Why wouldn't you be proud of that? It's not that you need to share everything that's going on behind the bedroom, but it, you don't need to live in fear of someone else finding out, I don't think. As I am painfully single... And I will put it that way, painfully single. (laughs) I cannot imagine entering a relationship right now that doesn't involve kink. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it because I spent so many years being denied of that. For you, can you ever imagine a relationship without cuckolding? No. No. I have. I've never even tried it since the moment I found this kind of relationship. I've never tried to go back to anything else. 
nothing, not swinging, not um, monogamy, not nothing. Like I, 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 I won't even entertain the idea because um, first of all, I would feel like I wouldn't be able to be my genuine self, my authentic self. I just would. And that makes me uncomfortable. Like if I had to go on a date that was a vanilla date and I couldn't just be me, I would probably sit there and squirm and just be like, I, I can't wait to leave. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I'm just not comfortable being, trying to be someone who I'm not. Are we evolving into a world where traditional marriage is going to eventually become the non-traditional thing? Are we headed in that direction? I hope so. <laughs> I really do. I'm not saying that, you know, traditional marriage isn't great for, for some people. It totally is. It's, it's, it's who they are. It's what they've always wanted and it's what they're happiest with. And that's great. But normalizing other options is becoming more prevalent. And I'm so happy to see it like on vanilla dating sites. I, it's amazing how many profiles I see now that talk about, um, this person being in an ethically non-monogamous relationship or an open relationship. And I'm just like, good, that's great. Like people are not ashamed of this. <laughs> so uh, cuckolding has a ways to go <laughs> to be kind of more out there and accepted. Um, but hopefully one day, hopefully. Is the problem the definition of normal? Yeah. Totally. It, <laughs> it's the problem is the fact that I spent 29 years of my life not knowing anything about any other options. Like I was told one story about monogamy and that was it. That's the problem is that there was literally nothing else that I read, saw, or heard of from anyone or anywhere about anything different. And so the more conversations we have about things that are different, I think it's helpful for people who, um, who might think, oh, well, I'd like to learn about that. <laughs> um, Dr. Justin Lay Miller, he, he said recently in one of his posts, he's a sex re researcher, he said something like um, in, one, in a study that was done, one in five Americans are in open relationships. And mm. I was just astounded by that. <laughs> like, that's a lot of people. That's fantastic. So maybe we're a little bit more ahead than we thought. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think the idea of normal is because people feel threatened? or it's because people are scared to be their real selves? I think that would be, that's a complicated question. I think that um, it's a combination of both. For women, especially, there's a real fear around um, non-monogamy or um, cuckolding because of slut shaming. So this idea that you can own your sexuality and not feel like something that needs to be shamed is foreign and scary and terrifying for a lot of women. It's a huge barrier. And then for, for men who give their, their spouse um, the gift of, of non-monogamy, that the idea of becoming that kind of person or that kind of guy is terrifying for them because they just, there's a lot of people who just don't understand what that is. So there's this uh, real fear of, you know, for women embracing who they are, embracing their sexuality and being okay with it and being proud of it. Um, and then for men, there's this, you know, fear of, of being shamed by the rest of the men, especially <laughs> the other men. <laughs> I have this funny concept that I seem to think that the love language for women in cuckold relationships is probably touch, while for the men, it's gifts. Oh, that's a good theory. That's a good theory. I think what we, it would be great to do some research on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would like to find out. <laughs> That'd be an interesting one. <laughs> So tell us about the podcast. Tell us how we can connect with you. Tell us everything that is awesome about what we should know about Venus, the personality. 
Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about cuckolding relationships on your show. So thank you for that. Um, I do have, I've been writing on a blog for, for several years now, venuscuckoldress.com is the site. And so there's a lot of information there and it goes way back to day one. So you can actually, if you read through it, you'd be like, oh, I can see this transformation happening. <laughs> so my blog has been a, 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 great resource for other people, especially for women. And um, that's where you can find my podcast as well, the Venus Cuckoldress podcast. So I launched the podcast in January of last year. So it's just a year old now. And it's been awesome. It's been a great success, been very popular. Um, I'm also quite active on Twitter as well. There's a great community on Twitter. There's a whole lot of shit junk porn on there. But there is also... <laughs> There's also a really great community of um, of cuckolding couples and singles on there as well. So my my handle on on Twitter is at cuckoldressbee. It has been an absolute honor and a pleasure having you on the show. I have learned so much more than I think I ever needed to know, but at least now I can look at the term cuckold and go, I know what that is, and I can look at bull and go, still a basketball player in in. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I got to work on changing that term. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. And uh, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so much. What a genuine woman and truly one of a kind. Generous from the heart. It is a joy to know her. And while I don't understand the scene totally, I'm able to appreciate what the lifestyle brings to the people within it. Next week on the show, a program we've been waiting to bring you for the longest time. And it's finally here. The artist, Midori. Next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. If you enjoy the show and don't want to wait for episodes to drop, join our Patreon and we'll give you literally more than a dozen episodes you haven't heard yet. And you might be able to be a guest on a future show. Check that out at patreon.com slash whatwomenwantpodcast. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can do so at john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. That's john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. And listen to the end of the show for all the ways you can connect with us. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.